Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi guys, welcome back to Mommy Diary, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. And for those of you who noticed, I didn't have an episode out last week. Frankly, it's just been really hard. I've been very busy um, creating content and mothering my four kids. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, right now is Q4. This is the fourth quarter where bloggers are just really busy working with brands um, because this is when the brands are really wanting the content creation for the holidays. So that's another topic in itself. But you know, you guys, there's so much opportunities in social media and not just on Instagram, also TikTok, YouTube, blogs, podcasts, so many different mediums, so many outlets and so many ways to monetize your social media presence. And I really, really want to help you guys with that. But when I poll my audience on Instagram, and I know not all of you guys are following me on Instagram, a lot of you guys want motherhood tips from me, but I have so much valuable business tips to share as well. I really want to cater the content that I deliver on this podcast to you guys, the listeners. So if you'd like more business tips, please let me know. Um, send me a DM, write me an email. Um, if you guys provide the feedback, it makes my own planning so much easier because the last thing I want is spend 30 minutes to an hour recording an episode that you're not really vibing with. You know, there's a reason why you guys are here. There's a reason why you like to listen to Mommy Diary, the podcast. And I want to serve you guys in best ways I know how. And one thing that I know really well is content creation and monetizing your social media. So with that said, today I want to share my thoughts about motherhood and social media. There is so much I can talk about for this topic, and I just want to narrow it down to um, just few important things like privacy, how I view social media um, in terms of parenting as it relates to my children, and just online safety. And lastly, you know, what I think social media is, you know, because there are, we, we always talk about the cons of social media how, you know, it leads to comparisons and um, low self-esteem and depression, which, you know, by the way, are all true and it's valid. But I also think there are great ways to use social media. And I'm personally one of those people. I love social media. I mean, sure, it can be a time-sucking thing sometimes when I'm just mindlessly scrolling. So most of the time, I like to use social media with intention. I'm mindful about the content that I um, follow, that I watch. I, you know, just kind of clean up my feeds regularly and I unfollow accounts who don't bring me joy or inspiration. So I want to talk about all of these things. So to begin, um, privacy and kids. So when I 
first decided I wanted to become a blogger, one of the main concerns I had naturally as a mom was my children. Like, what do I do when my children, you know, are a big part of my life and I love to share stories of motherhood and naturally that's going to lead to stories of my children and how do I protect my kids um, in the online space and still follow my purpose of sharing my motherhood stories. So I know there are moms who are very, very concerned about sharing their children's faces and names online, which I wholeheartedly understand. For me, I was kind of in the latter camp of, you know, my children are not a secret. While I understand that there are always risks of sharing their faces, I also believe that there are positive aspects to sharing my children's stories and, you know, just my journey in motherhood. So one of the very first decisions I made as a mom was to not let fear decide for me whether or not to share my children. I know there are pedophiles out there. It's a really scary thought. I know there are predators out there. And I know that sometimes, you know, there is a chance that my children's photos can land in um, the hands of bad people. You know, I don't like to think about it often, but it's always a possibility. But I also know that sharing my children's stories can bring good things to the community. You know, like my friends get to communicate or get to know them better. Um, my new friends get to, you know, meet my family. I get to share my children's milestones, you know, how they're growing and just living their lives through their baby years or toddler years. And I, I believe in the sharing of stories. I believe that by opening up and doing that, we can make, you know, more valuable connections with people, feel less lonely, feel more connected. Um, ultimately, that's what social media does for us, right? It connects us to family, friends, and of course, there are pros to that and there are always cons. I think like anything. So I decided not to be scared to share my children's photo, not to let fear decide that for me. Because I, if I think about like myself having an entire blog or a social media account and not having my children in there, I don't think it would feel whole, you know, like my, that my story won't feel real. It won't feel whole. And would I feel joy from that? I think if your answer is yes, then that means, yeah, you should protect your children's photos. But for me, the answer was no. So, um, that was like the main decision maker for me. And then I decided, okay, but I still need to keep them safe. So, um, now I share my children's names. I think I'm kind of at this point in my blog where I'm just really not as scared anymore. But when I first started, I was using their initials and I never tag their location and I never talk about their schools. I don't talk about our cities by name. I don't really show anything personal like when they get an award from school. Like I don't share that type of photos online because it'll have, you know, names of their schools or principals on there. Anything that can track them or, you know, locate them to a particular place, I don't do. Um, whenever I'm sharing when like Insta stories, when I'm out, I always save my stories and I batch 
upload at the end. So if I was at Disneyland, I guess Disneyland's a little different because there's so many people that it's really hard to like hard for creepers to find you there. But let's say you know I'm in like a pumpkin patch. Then I don't share、um, those clips until I've left, and same thing goes for my travels. If it's a sponsor opportunity, sometimes I just like to travel as is. Again, I'm just a little more comfortable now. But if you're not feeling comfortable at all, just hold on to all your、uh, stories and your photos, and then just start posting when you get home. You know, that's another good way to make sure that your children and your family is safe. And there are different practices you can do like that that can kind of lessen the fears. And also, you know, again, you have to decide for yourself and for your family. And of course, you need to have a conversation with your partner. My husband's okay with me sharing. You know, most I mean, he knows. My job, he knows my job as a blogger, and it's funny because there are times when like people will recognize my husband or my son. Like I'll get a DM one day, hey, like I saw your husband at this local、um, hair salon. Like it's funny when that happens. I tell him he gets like a little freaked out. Like oh wow, there are actually people out there who who recognize me, but you know it's rare again. Social media is a very scary but also a very empowering place, and it depends on how we use it. Yeah, so ultimately you have to make a decision that's best for your family, and you know make sure you're talking to your spouse about it. My husband is okay with me sharing most things now. He kind of understands, and I think we're a little more comfortable now. But you know we do practice safety. We don't share our address, our cities, our schools. My husband's a rather private person; doesn't like to be in my social media too much, or I should say, on my social media pages so much, which I completely respect. So、um, we figure out a way that works for us, and I hope that you figure out a way that works for you and your children. And I do want to encourage you. To not let fear make decisions for you, you know. I think that's a big part of、um, just living this world. There's so many things that can scare us, you know.、Um, even COVID, like it's scary. It gives me anxiety every time I leave the house. But we can't live in that state of anxiety forever because it's not good for us, you know. So I think the best thing to do is practice safety, be mindful, use common sense. And you know, do things we can to control、um, the safety of our children as much as we can, and just know that there's no way we're gonna know a hundred percent. You know, that's like that in everything in life. That window of uncertainty is something that I just have to learn to let go and live with. So I hope you find that tip helpful. And another thing with social media is comparison. Comparison with other moms, comparison with children, comparison with husbands and families, and for this reason, sometimes I'm a little worried. Like I don't like to share like good things that my husband does sometimes because I don't want that to make any other mother out there feel bad. You know, because I know it can do that. I mean, I used to feel that too, but then a part of me feels like, well, you know, my husband's like doing these really amazing things for me. It's good for me to share, and kind of you know, people feel good when they're recognized. I think it's a, it's just the way we are. It's human nature. So 
you know, I like to give a shout out, you know, when my husband recently made my daughter's baby food without being asked to do so, I felt really grateful and I shared it. I don't think he, you know, he doesn't even watch all my Insta stories, believe it or not. But, you know, I like to give him recognition, but don't let things like that make you fall into the comparison game because we never know each other's battles, right? And, you know, I've been married a lot longer. Trust me, it didn't look like this at the beginning of our marriage. We used to fight a lot. And my husband did not know how to support me the way he does now. I mean, we've just grown and become more wiser over time. You know, we have four children now and my husband knows that he has to step in and help me. I also know that I have to step in and do certain things to support him. But, you know, this was a, a trial and error and we needed to learn what works for us. It didn't, we didn't start off that way, I think is what I'm trying to say. Our marriage did not start off amazing. My husband did not start off being an amazing dad. One thing that he does do really well is he's very great at feeding and playing with my children. And I'm so thankful for that because I need help. Like feeding and playing with them, those are like two important things. I'm more of the cleaner, the organizer, the planner, you know, for their appointments and schools. You know, we have different roles. I think I speak, I think I talk about this on my marriage episode. So if you're more interested in hearing about or or how our marriage looks today, I recommend you to listen to that episode. But yeah, like don't compare yourself to other moms because our Instagrams, even TikTok, YouTube, this is a curated content. It's not fake. I never like stage things for my social media. I don't make things, you know, I don't say, okay, kids, like look happy, smile. Like I don't ever do that. But it is curated, meaning I am showing moments that are good. I'm not taking out my video and sharing when my children are throwing a tantrum. That would be kind of traumatizing for them, I think. Like, it won't be right. You know, I don't take photos of them when they're crying or screaming or, you know, like I'm arguing with my teenager. I don't take out my phone and share that. So that's something that we always have to remember about each other's social media feeds. Just know that what we're seeing are the good moments. It's the highlight reel. It's not the bad moments. And for those people who are maybe expecting that, because I know there are some accounts, they'll post a photo when they're crying. Like, for example, like moms are going through depression or anxiety and they take a picture of themselves crying. If they can do that, I think that's great because it's really sharing like that raw, vulnerable moment that they're in. But for me, it's not like it doesn't come to me. Like, I don't think, okay, I'm crying. Let's take out a phone and let's snap a photo. Like my brain doesn't work that way. I just cry. You know, I just um cry. I do whatever I have to do. And then once my emotions are calm and then once the storm passes, then I might kind of gather my thoughts and share it at once. Um, you guys may see that on a blog post or on an Instagram post or even my Insta story where I'll come on and I'll say, Hey, it's been really hard. And, you know, I've been struggling through this. Like I feel that it's best for me to share my not so great moments after the storm has passed. It's just what makes me feel more comfortable. It's when I can get all my thoughts in place. When I'm deep in my emotions, you know, I'm not the best person to share. I don't like sharing these incoherent thoughts. You know, I may regret what I say or what I think. 
Um, I just don't think that we should be, you know, sharing certain like moments when it's volatile and when it's so extreme, because that's not, you know, that might not be what we're thinking or what we're about. So that's just the way I see social media. But again, everyone has their own boundaries and their own thresholds. And I respect that. And this is just the way I use my social media. So do not compare yourself to another mom or another marriage or another set of children. And, you know, like even comparison with things, right? Like the nice things we have. Again, I'm mindful about things that I share because I don't want my feed to be a one giant ad of materialistic things that I enjoy, but I'm still a human being. I do like nice things. You know, who doesn't like nice things? I do like fancy dinners occasionally, you know, my designer stuff once in a while, but that's not my entire life. You know, if all of these nice things, fancy dinners, fancy car or fancy designer goods, if they were all taken away from me today, I would be okay. I would still feel whole. I would still feel joy. And that's what I ask myself every day. Like if all of these things were taken away, would you, Angela, be happy? Because my answer should be yes, right? I My answer is yes. Yes, I would still be happy if we lost everything today, everything from our house to the money, our savings account, I'll genuinely be happy just with my husband and my four children. Do I want to lose everything? No. You know, do I wish I didn't have any nice things? No. I mean, that would be a lie, right? But I think what's really important is the fact that we're not defined by our success and the materialistic goods. As long as we're not defined by it, we're not enslaved by it. We don't feel a sense of purpose through it. I think it's totally fine and healthy to like those things. I mean, what human being doesn't like pretty things, right? I love pretty things. I like aesthetically pleasing things and fancy dinners and delicious, like nice restaurants and, you know, amazingly plated foods and a really pretty designer dress. Those are all pretty fancy, nice things to look at but they don't define me. And I hope it doesn't define you. I think as long as we know the difference, it's okay. So because of that, I don't really feel ever like inadequate when someone else posts like their nice things. It doesn't ever make me feel jealous or anything because, hey, everyone deserves nice things once in a while. Um, so things like fancy vacations or cars or designer goods, like it never really phases me. Like I hope it doesn't do that for you either because we're much more than that. Our lives are defined by way more than that. We're way more special than that. I always say like I am bigger than money. I'm I'm bigger than wealth, you know, and you are too. So let's not be so bound by money. Like if we die, we're not going to take all this with us. You know, wealth is just an added bonus to life. It's not our end goal. Success is great. It makes life easier. But, you know, again, we shouldn't define ourselves by that. But I know that there can be comparison. For me, the biggest thing was um, when I see like happy marriages or happy motherhood stories. It was that type of things that would make me feel inadequate. And I wish I knew earlier that 
you know, that mom or that woman too was sharing their highlight reel. So one of one uh, vivid memory I have when I was struggling through postpartum depression was I was really, really isolated. I was so lonely. I was so miserable. I looked to social media back then, you know, mom blogs were really um, popular for inspiration or just for stories. And I saw this mom and she had like five or six kids, a beautiful family, beautiful mom, beautiful husband, beautiful children. And she wrote something like, Oh, I love this newborn stage. And you know, I would do this again in a heartbeat. And just that comment made me break down. I shut down my computer and I cried for hours. I was so triggered by that comment. But now looking back, I'm like, why was I so triggered? Because I'm sure that mom meant what she said, because I felt that joy. You know, when with my third and my fourth baby, when they were newborn, I loved, I loved every moment of it. And I could have said, you know, I would do this again in a heartbeat because I felt that. So when I was triggered by that one mom's comment or her blog post, it wasn't her fault. It was me. It wasn't my fault either. It was nobody's fault. It just was a reflection of my mental state that wasn't good at the time. And those tears that I cried in the closet was a way to let me know that you're not okay right now, Angela, you need help. You know, that's how I look. I like to look at those tears. Those tears were not because the mom was wrong or she was mean or it was because I was jealous. You know, it's nobody's fault. It was simply mirroring the state of my mental health, which wasn't good. And it was a trigger and it taught me that I needed to seek help, which I did. It took me some time, but it did. So if you're out there feeling triggered by what you see on social media, Ask yourself, why am I feeling triggered? Why do I feel these emotions? You know, why am I feeling this way? Once you get in the practice of, you know, being more mindful and getting into that healthy thought process, you'll begin to see, you know, maybe those tears are showing you something. Maybe those tears are teaching you that you're overwhelmed or that you're stressed out and you need help. Maybe it's time to ask for help for your partner or, you know, grandparents, or maybe you need to hire a babysitter, or maybe you need to send your child to daycare for a few hours, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, don't look at those instances as a, you know, way to point fingers at the other mom. Don't, don't think of that, you know, as a, as an occasion to like make yourself feel worse by saying, Oh my gosh, I'm this horrible person because I can't be happy for, you know, my friends or my family. No, it just simply means that there's something that you need to process and that's okay. You know, we all have those moments. So that's okay. And lastly, how I find time for social media and mom life. As you can imagine, I am very close to social media. I love social media. Social media was always actually fun for me. I was on it, like since MySpace, Friendster, Facebook, um, Zanga, you know, Blogspot, WordPress, Squarespace, like whatever, you know, blog or micro blogging platform came out, like I was just on it, except for YouTube. I'm, I'm still a little scared of videos. I think that's just in my nature. Like I love social media because I like to just share my stories. And I've always been that way since I was younger, ever since social media came out. 
But if you're not that mom, don't worry about it. It's okay. You don't have to force yourself to do anything that you don't feel comfortable with. But if you do enjoy social media like myself, and if you're bound by certain fears, I would say like, don't let fear make decisions for you. Try to weigh out your pros and cons and have a constructive dialogue with your partner or with your family, even with your children. For me, sharing my children on social media kind of came naturally because my second daughter loved taking photos. So wherever we go, she she would you know, tell me, mom, like, take this photo for me. And she would always get dressed up her, her on her with her cute little outfits. And even now she's 13 and she wants all the photos of herself when she was young. So I think my daughter just, I always knew even when she was younger that she would like social media, but not all children like social media. I don't think it's a one size fits all solution. Like my first daughter, um, my special needs daughter, she doesn't really She's not on social media because I need to keep her safe. I don't overshare her either because of her disability that I like to keep her a little more private because she's unable to protect herself. Uh, My second daughter, she knows, you know, we have regular conversations about social media. She's on social media. She's, um, she has Snapchat. She has TikTok. She has Instagram. Her Snapchat's private. We talk about Snapchat can be very dangerous. I tell her don't ever have a public account on there. So she only chats with her friends and we go through it regularly and she talks about it regularly with me. If a stranger ever, um, accepts her or tries to add her, she'll delete. Same thing with Instagram. Um, her Instagram is public. I follow her. A lot of my friends and family, like even her grandparents follow her. Sometimes, you know, she's 13, so she's still trying to figure out her boundaries. So sometimes she'll post something and I'll tell her, you know, that's a little inappropriate. Take it down. And she'll ask why, mom? Like, why should I take it down? So we get in, you know, we have another dialogue and she'll take it down. So she knows that her social media is being monitored. TikTok, she always had TikTok. Um, she was on Musically since she was really young. And you know, for me, um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I am really good at social media and any kind of like software. Like I'm pretty tech savvy for my age. I figured out how to use Photoshop, Lightroom. I learned how to use a DSLR on my own. So I think a lot of these skills that I've self-taught comes from the fact that I use a lot of tech stuff. So for me, I don't see social media only as a distraction. I see it, I think when used in a happy way, I see it as a way that can teach children how to use social media safely because it's not going to go away. And, you know, I, I understand some people, if you choose not to give your children cell phones, you know, until they're in high school, or if you don't want them on their apps or softwares and that's what works for you, that's great. I respect that. But for me, I felt that for me and my second daughter who has social media, I felt it was better for me to, for her to have it and for me to teach her step by step how to use it properly. Um, she understands the comparison game. She understands there are unhealthy ideals of beauty on social media. We talk about it. You know, she knows there are girls that are dressed inappropriately for their age and we point it out. We say, okay, um, this is not good. And she understands. So for me, I'm more about like, Letting them use it within a, a safe boundary with an open communication. Do I think, you know, my daughter is going to be perfect and make 
the perfect decision every time. No, because that's normal. She's 13. I didn't make all the right decisions when I was 13. She's still learning and growing, but I want to give her that time and space to learn and grow through mistakes. I don't want to shelter her due to my fear and keep her in this safe bubble of social media or not using social media because that can make you want it more or that's at least how it was for me. You know, when you're not allowed to do something, you want it more. Eventually, kids can rebel or they can, you know, view you as someone they can't trust. I think losing trust for me as a mom is more dangerous than giving her social media at this age, at the age of 13, and teaching her how to use it in a safe way. I still want her to trust me, and I still want her to be, I want to be the first person she comes to. I don't want to be the mom who doesn't understand her needs and that she has to hide from. So for me, that, that's where, you know, my decision came. And of course, you know, you don't have to make the same decision as me. Everyone is going to parent differently, but that's how I view it. And plus I'm on social media and yeah, sure. I've had like trolls me leaving mean comments and, you know, but I really like, I'd say the ratio of positive comments or the positive encounters on social media to the negative is like, 95 to 5% or even like 98% and 2%. It's very low, especially when you have a family friendly account like my mine. I mean, yeah, you're going to occasionally have some mean people. I just like ignore it. I don't even respond. I just ignore, delete and block. But there's so much good that came out of social media that it's really hard for me to see it only as a negative thing. I got to connect with some amazing people and I am constantly inspired and positively influenced by people around me through social media. I think it's up to us. I think it's up to the user to know like whether it's good or not. And I did watch Social Dilemma. I mean, that documentary was a little freaky, but if you think about it, these are things we know, you know, our, our privacy, I mean, are we even private anywhere now? You know, all the apps, everything has our data. And I think that's just part of our world. And am I being complacent? I guess you can say it may look like that, but I still believe that I have the power and the agency to change the world from my perspective, it's my point of view. And I think we all have that. And as long as we're mindful and we make right choices and we teach our children to make right choices and teach them how to use social media wisely, how not to let their feeds clutter up with like bad messages and negative messages. I think it's up to us. You know, I still believe that we have the power. I don't think we're slaves to social media. It's what we do with it. And because I use social media a lot, of course, I have, I'm on my phone a lot and I'm still trying to learn this balance, like to put my phone away. But you know, when I have a family and friends over, I have no problem like putting my phone aside and never looking at it. So it's only when I'm by myself in work mode where I'm constantly on my phone for emails, or text messages because I have to be on it. I can't just go MIA for a day, then my business stops. But if I'm like on a vacation or if I'm at my parents' house or, you know, if I'm spending time with family, I have no problem putting my phone away and I don't even miss it. And I love it. So if you guys ever see me like going off social media for the weekend and I'm a little quiet, you'll know that 
oh, you know, I'm just spending more time with my family. And I never announced it. It's never planned. I don't say, okay, guys, I'm going to go off social media. Um, I'll see you in five days. Like I don't use detox in that way. It's uh, frankly, it's too much. I can't even plan, like even planning out my life, my day is a lot for me. So I can't plan out my social detox period. I just go with the flow and the rhythm of my life. So if I'm feeling kind of tired and overstimulated, I'll put my phone away. And for how long, you know, I do as long as I can, what I can, you know, I don't let social media or my phone dictate my life. I know I'm still in full control over it. I do use it a lot. I don't think it's an addiction because if it's gone, I'll miss it, but I'll still survive. Um, although my blog life will stop. And, you know, my husband's also an entrepreneur. He's always on his phone a lot and he has, you know, employees. And, you know, when you're working remotely and you're running businesses, being on your phone is inevitable. Like we're not only using social media for for entertainment, sometimes it's business. So, you know, it's just something that we have to do. You know, it's like the commute, the long commute you have to do that you dread for work. It's the same thing. Sometimes it gets overstimulating. Sometimes I'm so over it. Like I really just want to not be on my phone for days. And when I feel like that, then I'll just put it away and I'll take a break. And then, you know, I'll pick it up when I feel good again. So ultimately, I think, you know, it comes down to how we use our phones and our social media. And, you know, there, there are a lot of conversations around social media and children. And like my youngest daughter, and there's so many factors. There are so many factors to determine that that there's really no one right answer because my um, girls didn't get social media until they were older because like they didn't need phones until maybe like fifth or sixth grade. My oldest daughter would only use it to call grandparents. And that was like her source of like joy because, you know, my oldest daughter doesn't have too many friends. She likes to call family. So we got her a phone early. My second daughter, uh, we got her a phone just so we can keep in contact with her when she goes to school, when she's in, in junior high. My son, my third child is actually more like he's, he uses, he doesn't use social media, but he's watching YouTube kids and he, got into devices a lot sooner because of his older sisters. So there's that, you know, your first child, it might be easier to keep them away from devices longer. By the time you're on your third and your fourth kid, because they see their older siblings looking and doing certain things, they're going to learn faster. So it's really hard to say like, this age is the right age. You know, there is no one right answer. You have to make a decision that's best for your child. And, you know, some children, they have a phone and they don't use social media. Like, they're not into it. I've heard of, you know, boys who are like that. Some girls, like my daughter, loves it. And, you know, I have to remind her, you know, not to be on it so much. She turns in her phone every night. Um, we've agreed on a time. On weekends, she gets to keep it. During the week, she turns it in. And, you know, I think she's like the only person, according to her, out of her friends who have to turn in her phone. But, you know, it is a way that that's the rule that we've set. If she doesn't follow through with certain things that she's promised, we'll take away her phone. And she complains about that. She says she's the only kid or the only teenager who gets her phone taken away. But again, that's the rule. And so we've done that. But, you know, usually it's pretty good. And we're able to maintain a safe and healthy boundary through open dialogue. And I hope it stays that way. You know, nothing traumatic has happened yet. 
Yeah, so those are just some of my tips and stories around social media and motherhood. I hope you found my stories helpful and I hope you this gives you a better idea of, you know, how to navigate social media as a mom. And if you have any questions or if you have any if there are certain like topics that you want me to explore further, please send me a DM or write me an email. Sometimes my DMs get lost in a lot of the spam DMs. So if if you've sent me a message and I haven't responded, it's never personal. Email is always a great way to reach me. So thank you so much for being here, friends. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Have a wonderful week and stay happy. Let's stay joyous. I know this is a really tough time for all of us. Say your prayers, you know, list three things you're grateful for, and let's just do our best. We're in this together. We got this. Bye. You are my sunlight. Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a 5-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next. Talk to you next week.